Welcome back to the Youth Bible of One Year, day 99. Have you ever tried to build a Lego set without instructions? It's so difficult unless you're the master builder who came up with the whole thing. The instructions are there for your own good, and you'll get it done faster and you won't have extra pieces left over and it will actually look correct. The same is true in life, following God's command is good for us. In the Bible we see time and time again that when we follow God's ways, our lives thrive and we flourish, and when we don't, they seem to fall apart. Today we're going to look at some of the ways God calls us to obey him so that he can bless us and help us live well. When we were children, my sister and I went on a picnic with our parents. The two of us were playing on what we all assumed was a disused railway track. Suddenly, my mother shouted, Jump! Get off the track! She'd seen an express train coming down the track. Thankfully, we didn't shout back, Don't threaten us! You can't scare us! If we had done, I would not be in a position to write this now. We both jumped off the track. The command arose out of a mother's love for her children. God's commands arise out of his goodness and his love for you. They are given for your own good. See his goodness. The warnings of Jesus about the coming judgment and how to be ready for it come out of his love for you. In all the passages for today, we see that obedience is the way to experience his goodness and be a magnet for his blessing. From Psalm 43 Send me your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him my Saviour and my God. The Presence of God Like many of the great men and women of God down the ages, the writer is struggling with spiritual depression. He's downcast. His soul is disturbed within him. Jesus himself cried out, Now my heart is troubled, and my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. The psalmist is surrounded by an ungodly nation, a deceitful and wicked people. He's oppressed by the enemy. There's something very real and authentic about the Psalms. Life is not easy. We may face battles, opposition, and even depression. The right response is to turn to God, pray for God's guidance and his presence, his joy and delight. The focal point of God's presence with his people at that time was a temple in Jerusalem, built on a mountain. It was the place where you dwell. In the New Testament, Jesus is the temple, in whom God dwelt in all his fullness. On the day of Pentecost, Jesus sent his Holy Spirit as the way in which God now dwells in his holy temple, both in the individual and in the gathered community. Church should never be boring. It should be a place of joy, delight and praise. At its heart, obedience is all about turning to God, trusting his goodness, no matter what the situation. What we need in our darkness is the presence of God, and you can trust that that is ultimately what you will find. Lord, please send your light and your truth. Let them lead me into your presence. New Testament from Luke 12 Be dressed ready for service, 
and keep your lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will make them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise manager, whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant, whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, My master is taking a long time in coming. And then he begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he is not aware of. The servant who knows the master's will, and does not get ready, or does not do what the master wants, will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know, and does things deserving punishment, will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. The reward of Jesus. Life is a wonderful gift. You have been entrusted with talents and responsibilities. It really matters how you use these. The warnings that run throughout this passage about how you use your life are given out of love. Jesus warns of the coming judgment and how to be ready. Jesus calls you to be ready for service. Expect Jesus to return today. What a wonderful reward is offered to those who are ready. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. You will sit and eat with Jesus and he will serve you. The goodness and grace of Jesus is almost unbelievable. He reverses the roles in a way that most human beings would never even contemplate. Be ready for when he returns. Be like the faithful and wise manager. You will be richly rewarded. It will be good for you. He will put you in charge of all his possessions. There's a danger in thinking that Jesus won't come yet and we can carry on doing exactly what we like and that there'll be plenty of time to put things right. It is the fact that the master is taking a long time in coming that deceives the unwise servant into neglecting his task and not acting as the master would want. To many people today, God seems a distant or irrelevant figure with little impact on their lives. This story is a warning to remind us that there will one day be a reckoning for all that we do and we would be wise to act on that now. Jesus says that if you know something is wrong and do it anyway, that is worse than doing something wrong that you didn't realize. But the latter is still wrong. Jesus calls you to obey and serve him with faithfulness and wisdom. If you use what God has given you wisely, he blesses you by giving you more responsibility. The more that God has given you, the greater the responsibility to use it well. Jesus says from everyone who's been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who's been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. If you have a happy home, a good education, health, friends, job, food, clothes, holidays, if you have access to the Bible, freedom to meet together and pray and so on, then you are one of those to whom much has been given and much will be expected. Jesus himself, did not have an easy life. He says, I have a baptism to undergo, and how distressed I am, 
until it is completed. Jesus lived under the shadow of the cross. He knew he was going to have to suffer. When we know we're facing some difficulty or challenge in our lives, we often feel constrained until it is accomplished. If we feel this with relatively small things, how terrible it must have been for Jesus as he saw ahead the horrors of crucifixion, bearing the sin of the whole world. This would be the means by which Jesus would bring us peace with God. Yet Jesus says that at one level, we will not always experience an outward peace, rather there will be division. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. This division can even be with those who are most closely related to us. There may be a division between those who are for Jesus and those who are against him. Yet you are called to be a peacemaker. Always try hard to be reconciled. Lord, help me to be always ready for service and to make the most of everything that you have entrusted to me. Old Testament from Deuteronomy 11 and 12 Love the Lord your God and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws and his commands always. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. See that you do all I command you. Do not add to it or take away from it. The Strength of God Jesus was not the first to connect love and obedience. The law of Moses was given by God out of love. This calls for a response of love. So love God, your God. Guard well his rules and regulations. Obey his commandments for the rest of time. Ensure that the words of God permeate your entire being. Place these words on your hearts. Get them inside you. Teach them to your children. Talk about them. Wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street, talk about them from the time you get up in the morning until you fall into bed at night. Know, learn, teach God's word and put it into practice in your life. Great blessing comes from living openly and honestly, walking in the light of God's truth as he reveals it in his word. He promises his blessings to those who faithfully obey the commands he gives to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Disobedience is very draining and destructive. I know that in my own life, deliberate sin leads to guilt and saps energy. Ultimately, we end up miserable. Moses says in effect, See his goodness. It was your own eyes that saw all the great things the Lord has done. Observe therefore all the commands I am giving you today, so that you may have the strength. Obedience brings the blessing of strength. Make good choices, God says. I brought you today to the crossroads of blessing and curse. If you choose obedience, you will be blessed by God. You will be a magnet for his blessings. Wisdom is choosing to do now what you will be satisfied with later. The temptation is to disobey God because we see everyone around us doing that. Moses says, be careful not to be ensnared by inquiring about their gods, saying, how do these nations serve their gods? We will do the same. He goes on to say, do all I command you. Do not add to it or take away from it. Lord, thank you for all your goodness. Please fill me today with your love and strength, joy and delight, faithfulness and wisdom.
Pepper adds. Deuteronomy 11 verse 18 says, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Learn verses while you're young. It's much harder when you're getting older. I'm not sure we did a very good job teaching the Bible to our children. Did occasionally stick a verse up here or there. But the verses I learnt when I was younger, I've gone back to again and again and again. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you've given me ways to live a good life. Help me to follow your commands today and to live the way that you would want me to live. In Jesus' name, amen.